bullshit, it's all just um gay politics. America's gotten kind of whack, but we're not gonna let it go down like that, cause we got a dumb gay podcast, a dumb gay political podcast. We probably don't have all the facts, but we got opinions and we'll probably backtrack. That's why it's a dumb gay podcast, a dumb gay political podcast. Ooh, it's all shit, it's all shit. It's all shit. It's all shit. I mean, are we gonna die? I don't know. I, I, you're extreme. I am extreme. It's all shit. Uh uh. This shit is bananas. B A A A A S. This shit is Trumpanas. T R U M P A N A N A S. What? I don't know. I don't even know. Hey everybody, welcome to Dumb Gay Pandemic Politics. I'm Julie. And I'm Brandy. And this is the podcast where we talk about the week in coronavirus politics, like we're talking about reality TV. Another week, another <laughs> one million cases of the Rona. Meow, meow. Can you fucking believe that shit? One million in one week. Fucking Trump, man. I can't, I, actually I can. I can believe it since um, apparently we're doing herd. And, uh, you know, when you do herd. Yeah, we're doing like against just our getting, will herd. Yeah, just getting it. You're just going to get it or you're not. That's apparently Trump's um I don't like the word plan. herd. I don't like no. GERD and I don't like curd. I don't like any of them either. Well, isn't GERD when you have some kind of sickness? Like I have GERD. Sounds like turd. And <laughs> turd, I don't like another it. one. That's why turd, GERD, curd, bird. No. Like the curds when people are like, oh, the, I'm like, no. Yeah, because the curds sound like curds in whey. Like <laughs> don't they're like a, it. They're a, like a grit, like the grit, like grits. And like it's cornmeal. curds and whey cottage cheese? I'm not sure if curds and whey is cornmeal <laughs> or cottage cheese. I just said it was cornmeal. Oh, I want but it maybe to be it's cottage, cottage cheese. cheese. Maybe it is cottage in cheese. In the story. Ew, it's that's, he's eating curds <laughs> and whey? So he's eating cottage cheese? Yeah, but you love cottage cheese. True, but I would imagine he just had it like direct from the cow. Like he's on a farm. Oh, he I didn't see. go to the market and get curds and whey. <laughs> he didn't. He, no, he didn't go to curds and whey. He didn't go he to Ralph's. He went to the cow and went pat, pat, pat. And mm. the cow went and then he ate curds and whey. Yeah. You well, know what I mean? And then he got gerd. Yeah. And then he got gerd. And then he got And the then cove, he made a turd. And he went <laughs> and he went and tried to get the herd. Exactly. And he did get it. And then he died. <sighs> I mean, Obama this is was on at. 16 Minutes. I remember when he held my daughter, Suvi, and kissed her on the head. <laughs> He really hasn't changed much mm-hmm. from the picture with Suvi. He isn't. I mean, other than a little gray, he looks exactly the same. I mean, he really does. He looks the same. I mean, he's like in shape. He has not good. aged a day since he left office. No, because that's that. when the aging stops. <laughs> that he kind of probably looks so good because he went backwards in time. Yeah. Meanwhile, the rest of us, for some reason, during the pandemic, during have Trump. gained 5,000 pounds. I've never looked older. I have aged more than I've aged in my whole life in the last year. Yeah. This year has been... Wowzer! The only comfort we have is knowing, yeah, eighteen-year-olds are like, "Why do I look forty? And it's like, "Sorry about your youth." <laughs> so, so thrilled I had my own. Oh my god! I mean, so meow meow. Yeah, we got some pictures mm. for the drug den bulletin board. Yes, Kathleen Rooney. Go on. Who is one of our original fourteen listeners? Finally sent her picture. We have literally known this bitch for years. Okay, <laughs> and we're finally gonna have her on the board. I'm not sure I knew there that she, she was like a like a chef or a sous chef or owned a restaurant or a cook or whatever's going on. She she cooks for a living. That's what I looked like in college for sure. I thought that was me. <laughs> <laughs> I literally thought that was me. 
I think that, that looks hilarious. like that one of those old pictures where it's like kind of like a sexy les like we can do it it's like from the 50s <laughs> uh-huh. you know those ladies right because with, like the, with the arm with the muscles yeah right yeah you know? like she's Ray rosie the riveter and she just made a plane and she's cooking you pasta yeah yeah i mean we knew what she looked like but i just was saying that the picture right. itself because i know yeah. that i my length of my hair when i was one certain age at one certain time was of that length and i did wear it back like that because i didn't know what else to did do did you wear it and she has a thing on her hair yeah i had a bandana okay there. well kathleen you and mamau rocking it yeah and i'm not saying kathleen you don't know what you're doing i know i'm just <laughs> letting you know that i didn't know what to do i was like hair what does one do with that i guess you just make it go out of your face here's what she says the level of procrastination sending a drug den photo. I'm so sorry, but know that I love you. No shortage of drunk tweets, though. I'm OG14 and probably should put you on my payroll because you're with me at the restaurant all the time. Thank you for the countless laughs. You two really are a ray of light as we cross this bullshit Rubicon. <laughs> uh, first pick is of me in a wing competition. Whoa, took third. And second is making pasta for your veggie side. Always romancing the light. Fantastic. Kathleen Rooney. I mean, she put in several. Well, and they're all from Adam yeah, Goldman. That's right. They're Adam Goldman specials. Uh-huh. Kathleen. Romancing the light. Fantastic. <laughs> Crossing the Rubicon. Yeah. We just reminisced on, on good literally old Adam. Just did. Yeah. Just did. He's been ignoring me. But <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe you should send him this picture of Kathleen and tell him this was you in college and go, remember me? I should go. I should send him that and go, hey, I just wanted to send you some pics of me. Yeah, just be like, I've really been getting in shape and learning how to do pasta. And he'd be like, God damn, you look good. Exactly. Exactly. Okay, yep. so then, thank you, Kathleen. You're going right up, yep. bitch. You're going right up. Yep. Feel free to send some wings on. We don't care. Please. Just freeze, freeze them. Yes, yeah, send, send them, them over. And we'll take a sniff. We'll go, these aren't rotten, and we'll eat them. Um, We'll eat them all, and then I'll send you a picture of just bones. <laughs> And nothing else. In fact, they'll be half bones because I eat half of them. So if you want to see what happens, she won't even you want to really see. If you want to know how to eat wings, I'll show you an, a bowl. Whatever you send, I'll send eaten in the correct manner. And then she won't know it's bones because anything yeah. that could give a telltale sign of a bone will be in your stomach. So then we got a cute little card from Maggie Hill. Now, Maggie's from Alaska. She Mm. sent us her picture and a sweet note. You know I love the name Maggie. And I have to say, Mm. I high-key love that we have a single listener in Alaska. I know. I love it, too. A listener in Alaska. (laughs) So stoked. Um, Julie and Brandy. Hi, guys. Hello. Hey, guys. How are you? Sorry this has taken so long. I live in Alaska, so I figured the chances of us meeting to be probably pretty slim. Hey, listen, Maggie, we've been to Alaska. Yeah, Yeah, and you never know. We could come back. No one comes to this beautifully weird icebox, even when there's not a pandemic. But this sweaty ball sack of a year has left us all bored and desperate. I just wanted to say thank you for the hours of laughs and entertainment that you two have given me over the years. I have loved you since People's Couch, and I have been a faithful listener of the regular Weed Podcast since day one. Becoming a Patreon member was one of the best drunken purchases I ever made. I've gone down so many weird rabbit holes and fallen in love with so many songs with the two of you. Anyway, Aww. here, that's nice. Here are some pictures of me and my dogs, Abby and Charlie. Love you guys, Maggie Hill. Um, her dogs, by the way, are literal models. Are dog models. <laughs> They're beautiful. They're like what? actual dogs they use to try and sell people dogs. And she must be some kind of professional photographer. Because 
Now, I'm assuming this is Abby and this is Charlie. They literally look like a male. I mean, I could be wrong, but don't they? That looks like the guy. That looks like the girl. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you want to get like gender heteronormative. Yeah, on I'm it. getting real heteronormative <laughs> on it. And I'm getting dog normative Patriarch, on it. Patriarchy I'm, I'm getting into the patriarchy down. right here. Can I tell you, Maggie, that we have been known from time to time to write <laughs> scripts. Not any time recently. Our very first script we ever wrote, the character that was my character's name was Abby. Mm-hmm. And... The second script called Gay Baby Army. My character's name was Maggie. Yep. So that is a fucking sign. Yeah, it is. That's Maybe it means that our scripts will get made. <laughs> I don't know if that's no, the sign. No, no. Meow, meow. Dana Pell yeah. from New Jersey. She sent us a picture of her and her two daughters, mm-hmm. Marigold, 17, and Alice, 14. Like little Goldie. Her name's Marigold. Cute. Goldie Goldman. Marigold Goldman. <laughs> They're all three on the bed, and it says, just hanging out, listening to our favorite pod. So, Meow Meow, get this. Dana is actually the one who sent us the homemade bottle cap gator oh. fucking earrings. Oh. And you know what's crazy? That was one year ago this week wow. that she sent the Ruth Bader Ginsburg wow. bottle cap earrings Weird. that we have hanging right here. Weird. That we <laughs> cherish. How much more do we cherish these now? Oh, my God. I mean, who could have ever have imagined i certainly at that point wouldn't have imagined the gator would have left us no not Uh, like that and uh, not in this timeline i don't know if dana had some weird weird. you know psychic vag vibe or what maybe she's just gonna reach out every november dana you get you have a cute cute family yeah thank you for listening to your favorite pod (laughs) (laughs) oh on the same tip we also were in deep in the throes of trump still being president and feeling that nothing ever was going to change and now we've got Jojo and Kiki, so things are really yeah. looking yeah, up. That's right. That's right. Finally, mm. finally, Go ahead. Danielle Gillingwater. Mm-hmm. Okay, Mamma. Yes. We love this girl. Okay. <laughs> uh-huh. We met her in LA a couple of times at different events. I could never remember her name. This is exactly the reason that we like having the pictures on the drug den bulletin board because then we know who people are. Danielle is an absolute fucking angel the minute you see her face now she's like one of those people who has that like bright light around them and when someone like that gets close to our black and chicken energy force field (laughs) it becomes like good versus evil and danielle's aura calls to us to leave the dark side but then when she walks away we just order another drink and stay dark people by the way she sent two really good pictures of all three of us then she sends one of her and Ariana Maddox of Vanderpump fame and me photobombing the back like a <laughs> Amazing. queen. Amazing. That photobomb. That's the best. That needs to go that in a goddamn. That's like, going up. Like, and plus, that's a perfect picture of Danielle, too, because that's exactly how I remember her. Yeah. Like, she is so cute. And that's a really good picture of Ariana. She just looks really pretty there. Danielle, I'm so happy <laughs> you freaking sent us these pictures and you sent, she sent us a little gift, too. So cute. Okay, so she says to my two favorite quans of podcasting, Julie and Brandy. <laughs> Apparently, my lazy ass is lazier than I thought because it has taken me way too long to send you to a picture for the Drug Den bulletin board. And closed are pictures from 2018 and 2019 from two of my favorite nights out when I met you both at another live podcast event. I included a bonus picture of Brandy photobombing a picture with Ariana Maddox and myself just for fun. Now that I finally checked that off the to-do list, I also wanted to celebrate your venture of cunt enterprises as discussed in a recent Patreon episode. I'm sorry. Episode? A Patreon episode? <laughs> I'm glad you mentioned okay. that episode, Danielle, because wow. not very many people commented 
No. And we liked cunt enterprises. We loved cunt enterprises. So as you sip your hydrant or eat magic spoon out of a mug, I thought you could do that while you represent your company, Cunt Enterprises, an international company and brand, which also happens to be the parent company of Dick Enterprises, Sweet Enterprises, <laughs> and Meanwhile Enterprises. That is correct. I love, love, love the podcast and wait in anticipation for Tuesdays to come around so I can hear your hilarious take on the latest shit plaguing our country. 2016 was clearly a rough year, and unfortunately, my 2017 was worse. As I struggled personally and professionally, I would listen to your podcast over and over again to keep myself sane as I weathered my own personal hell. I am wow, happy. And then we saw her mm. in 2018. Yep. I don't know. It's just it's really touching. It is. It is. I am happy to say that I am on the other side and moving in a great trajectory. Minus the well, great, Danielle. I'm glad everything's going good for you now. Great. I know that. Now we're going and we're having <laughs> shitty times. Can't we just sync up? We probably are yeah. dark energy. Probably the running into us is probably like ruined her life. <laughs> I know. It's probably the reason why anyone is going through a hard time when they write us. They're like, I met you. And then all of a sudden my life fell apart. <sighs> Minus the constant worry that the shit publicans are trying to ruin this country and start a race war. But I have no doubt that you two helped me through it from afar. Thank you two for all that you do with peace and love. Peace and love. Peace, peace and, and love. love. Danielle Gillingwater. Well, it just goes to show you, you never know who's going through what and when. You don't because she didn't seem just like that know. at all. You, just, you really don't know how long shit's going to last. And, it, and one thing you do know is it ain't going to last forever, even whether it's good, bad, regular weed whatever it is that's it's true. not gonna last forever so that's you just true. gotta be in it be in it if you're in your feelings you just gotta be like get that box of chocolates like you're in legally blonde you mm -hmm. know what i mean and mm -hmm. warner just broke your fucking heart mm -hmm. and throw the chocolate at the tv <laughs> all of it you just right. get deep into the full like drama of it all and wh whatever it may be you can only go through it when you go through it and you might as well enjoy it while you're there that's it all right, now it's time for the world premiere of our brand new weekly segment for the next four years, JoJo and Kiki. <laughs> Lock the doors, lower the blinds, fire up the smoke machine, and put on your heels, because I know exactly what we need. JoJo and Kiki. I want to have a Kiki. Lock the doors. Hey. JoJo and Kiki. Honey. That's our new songer for the next four years. And then after that, it's going to be called Kiki and Kiki. Mm -mm -mm. She's going to let you have it. Kiki, Kiki and Kiki. Kiki. Motherfucker. <laughs> she doesn't need a VP. Kiki and Kiki. She's going to work and turn and ha ha honey. Could you imagine if she was the first person that was just like, yeah, no, I don't need a vice president. I'm cool. I'm good. I'm good. I got it. I got Doug and I just got, I got people. I got... Yeah. I got Jean-Claude Pierre. Yeah, I've got Jean-Claude Van Damme yeah, Pierre. I've got and all. Mind. I've got my staff and we're already, we're, good. we're already doing it. We're good. And I just, I we're just, good. there isn't. We've arrested the entire Trump family. Um, <laughs> they're right. all in prison. We put Eric, I'm sorry, we put Don Jr. Uh, in a cage with an elephant, a tiger, a lion, and an antelope. He is covered now. Covered in meat. Covered in raw covered meat. In we rubbed raw meat all over his body and said, good luck to you, sir. And he's now, he's dead. Now, the, where there's a line. <laughs> Of people. Uh, next is Ted Nugent. He's going in there. We can't wait to see his uh, face ripped apart. Animal so that's justice. Decent. Animal. Ju 
That's the next show. But That's do you see, like, Meow Meow, we are seriously turning psychotic over this shit. It's like, we're so excited, we're so happy, then we're so angry, and we're so yeah. resentful, yep. then we're so sad, yep. and we're so hopeless, and we're nihilistic, yep. and we're ecstatic, and then we're energized, then we're philosophical and peaceful, and we have advice for people, <laughs> then we're pissed off again. It just becomes too much until you're imagining shoving a naked Don Jr. covered in raw meat into a cage with a lion. Yeah, it's just pretty sad to think that like the only thing that soothes my crazy frustration and rage is to think of unthinkable violence towards people <laughs> that I hate. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Particularly in the administration, I mean. Right. And Well, I can think about it in real life. Yeah, no, I can think of, yeah, that's why I said Ted Nugent. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what else can we do? You know, what else can we do? Trump still hasn't seceded the freaking election. Corona's killing everybody out here. Hide your kids, hide your wives, because Trump and COVID are raping everybody out here. Hey, all. Yeah. I can't speak today. Oh, is it? I yeah. can't talk. Yeah. Mm, COVID on right, but on everybody on y'all. I cannot speak. Trump and Pence aren't even going to the Corona meetings of the fucking worthless coronavirus task force <laughs> that they created. Mm -hmm. They're not even going to the meet. Who's there? Dr. Fauci and the bitch with the scarf? Yeah, it's just the two of them. They don't give a fuck. And Trump has refused to let Joe Biden have access to the classified intelligence briefings. He's never going to concede. He was such... A desperate thirst bucket for the second term that he literally, this is a fact, filed to run again in 2020 on the day of his inauguration in 2017 in January. Mm -hmm. Like everyone's like, woo, but Melania's in that stupid fucking blue dress. <laughs> yeah. And like he goes, Donald, I after <laughs> this, I'm leaving you. I don't care. I don't want this. I don't want, I don't want, I don't care. Nobody cares. And he's like, I have to go over right now and file because I'm running again in 2020. I love this uh, shit. Four more years. I don't want it. <laughs> but I have to do to contract. I have to stay with you if you'd be president for four more. I mean, how excited is she? She's about to be free, free like I the wind. I called my boyfriend. I say to him, oh, my darling, <laughs> to six more months, I come to you in Australia. I bring mm. my parents and Baron and we go to you. And he says, hey, guys, how are you? <laughs> and he's ready for me. Ooh, I bet Melania's Australian hunky boyfriend is hot. Of course, they all are hot. <laughs> Anyone I'm with is hot. Oh, there is the one. <laughs> and let's not forget Jeffrey Epstein. Oh, and all the other ones my father put me with. Yeah, that's right. Okay. That's right. <laughs> now, this is where we learn about parts of the government and people we had no idea even fucking existed. People like Hope Hicks and her staff secretary wife beat her boyfriend. But in this case, it's a little known organization within the government called the General Services Administration. It's clearly the most generic and bland pencil pushing place to work in DC, but it exists. It controls all the budgeting, the transactions and the administrative burden for the transitions. With all the power being held by the GSA chief who literally decides when to give the incoming president-elect the $9.9 .9 million needed to build and vet a whole new cabinet and administration. The current GSA chief, mm. GSA general services, it's the kind of thing you won't even remember an hour from now. Like you're like, wait, what's it called again? No. The regular stuff building. I wouldn't even. So the the chief of the GSA now is a woman named Emily Murphy. Mm -hmm. You may have seen her name floating and flitting around the social medias. Okay. Because people love putting the bitch on front street for the last <laughs> week because 
Emily Murphy has yet to grow some balls and make the call that Joe Biden is the winner, which is a major part of the reason that Joe Biden and Kamala Harris are stuck in Trumpian limbo land. Mm. But despite not having any of the intelligence briefings or any of the $9.9 million allotted to build their cabinet, Joe Biden and Kamala Harris already have a website outlining their plans on day one. And it's basically a four-pronged agenda prioritizing corona, economic recovery, racial equality, and climate change, motherfucker. (laughs) Killed it. Killed it. Now, in the meantime, Biden has selected his chief of staff. His name is Ron Klain, which is great. Very exciting. He seems perfectly amicable in normsies and not a liar and a fraud and a date rapist. Yeah, he was on Meet the Press. I liked his energy. It was very calm. It reminded me of like my dad. He was just like... It reminded you of a chief of staff. (laughs) Normally, I don't think they're supposed to have these wild personalities. It really should be more like wallpaper. But I liked looking at the guy, Ron Klain, and thinking... (laughs) He would be there the entire time. How many chief of staffs have we gone through with fucking Trump? Oh, I mean, it's just who even you can't even. Don't forget about fucking Priebus. Yeah, what about pubes? Pubes. Rancid fucking pubes. Rancid pubes. Four years ago, we had rancid pubes. And rancid pubes was also the head of the RNC at one time. Wow. Can you believe that guy? Where is he? He's just under. He's under a rock. He's doing laundry on a rock. The level of people that have been fired and or quit. The chief of staff is basically the the president's partner. That person is helping run everything. Tragic. Watch the West Wing. Get into it, guy. Figure out how it works. God. As for Kamala Harris, her chief of staff is everybody's favorite MSNBC contributor <laughs> who famously stood up and blocked a grown man who had jumped on stage during an interview with Kamala Harris at a live event in San Francisco. Yeah. Yep. Some idiot asshole charged Kamala Harris and Kareen Jean-Pierre stood up with the microphone in hand <laughs> in a pink dress and blocked the dude like a gorgeous dykey defensive back in the NFL. And then when the security came and took him away, she transformed back into a beautiful, cunning and demure lady and sat back down and calmly continued the interview. Wops exploded and the rest is history, apparently because that was a year and a half ago. And now she's Kamala Harris's fucking chief of staff. Amazing. And we stand. Now that taught me. <laughs> that for me, that's why I can't ever get a job like that because I can't transform back into the beautiful, oh, once, the beautiful once, lady. Yeah, once fucking you rip that shirt off, <laughs> once the once the shirt rips off the Incredible Hulk, he's out. Yeah, and then I was like, I was like, is that? I was like, I can I can get that job. I'm it's easy, but then it's like, no, I can't because she can be in the dress and and be and be even keeled and have a wonderful conversation and then when the guy comes up with the microphone stands up and is like the fuck and then but then she goes back and she's i'm incapable the thing that's important to note is just knowing <laughs> that kamala harris is sitting there and she's just like huh yeah interesting and it all just clicked 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 it was the mind body connection of the yep. wop and <laughs> kareen jean pierre and she yep. was just like you will be mine, Kareem. <laughs> yes. You will be mine. I mean, Kamala didn't even blink. Didn't blink. Didn't she? You know what sat she blinked there? at? She blinked at Kareem and went ding, ding, <laughs> ding, ding. And then, and then uh, cut mean, to a year later. Hello, this is um, <laughs> hi. Um, this is Stephanie Kamala Harris's assistant. Hi, I'm I'm, I'm looking for Miss Jean Pierre. Uh, Senator Harris would like to offer you the job as her chief of staff. And Kareem Jean Pierre is like, fuck. 
Fuck yeah, bitch! <laughs> Fuck yeah, bitch! She went out and punched ten different guys in the face, <laughs> yeah. and then was like, "Yes!" She pulled beards off, and she was ready to go. <laughs> she walked through MSNBC oh, like punching punch, Lawrence O'Donnell. Just, she's like, yeah. "Yeah!" I mean, not even Doug, her beloved husband, got on stage and took that guy down. No. Okay, it's all about Kareen. Ugh. We now we've got. Each mm. piece of the puzzle. Now, yes. Ron Klain, he's fine. Mm. But Kareen was an important piece of important. the puzzle for us. We okay. have been, we've been Ugh. loving old Kareen. You know who else loves Kareen? Dr. Leon <laughs> Goldman. <laughs> he's a right. big, he, he literally requested yeah. we get her on the podcast. Yeah, he wants us to interview her because I'm sure he watched that and his WAP exploded too. <laughs> <laughs> and he saw that and he was like, oh my Lord. <laughs> and that was it. It's like, is that my daughter, Julie? <laughs> What the? And my mother's like, no, that person is in a dress. <laughs> right. So, of course no, it is. that's she's not a, her. She's in a pink form-fitting, very cute dress. <laughs> and then a big, huge man comes on stage. <laughs> oh, there she is. There she is. <laughs> okay, now it's time for a new upgrade of an old favorite. Republicans are different than us, and we think it's hilarious. What is the difference between Republicans and Democrats? One's stupid, and one's not stupid. This land is your land. This land is my land. Uh. Top 100 things Republicans and Democrats said. No, Obama. We cannot afford another four years like this. Yeah, where'd you hear that at? MSNBC? Right. Why would we go back to the same economic principles that got us into this mess in the first place? Corporations can leverage their money better than the federal government ever can. Just because I don't support gay marriage doesn't mean I'm homophobic. Tolerance goes both ways. I'm sorry, are my constitutional rights getting in the way of your bigotry? What, are we gonna start letting people marry chairs next? Legitimate rape? You wanna take the money that I made and give it to people on uh, welfare? Nah. You know what that's called? That's called socialism. I bet you if we ended welfare, the employment rate would be a little bit higher. Bet you that right now. Oh, wait, it probably wouldn't. I didn't work hard to pay for somebody else's food stamp. Now you want me to pay for someone else's health coverage too? Yes, there are black Republicans. Abstinence is 100% effective. I don't care what anyone says. Tea Party is racist. Why would I want to make more money if you're just going to tax me on it and give it to other people? How are Republicans racist? We freed the slaves. There were weapons of mass destruction that we never found. I'm voting for Ron Paul. Socialism works great until you run out of someone else's money to spend. If you're going to come to this country, you need to learn English. Borrow money from your parents. Parents. Really? The unemployment rate is higher than Wiz Khalifa is right now. They have black Republicans? Man, I'm tired of all these ads. Dude, I wish someone would try to take my guns and my freedom. I'm not saying Republicans are dumb. I'm just saying every dumb person that I met has happened to be Republican. Who is Paul Ryan? I miss Bill Clinton. I bet Donald Trump is loving all this attention he's getting right now. It's all about job creation. Obama doesn't get that. He's never run a company, obviously. All children are gifts from God. Obama killed bin Laden. Redistribution of wealth. It has a name. It's called communism. Wanna hear a joke? Barack Obama. You wanna cut taxes on the wealthy and then tell us how you're gonna pay for it later? It's about personal responsibility. Trickle-down economics does not work. Government that governs least governs the best. You know, if you tax corporations, the less jobs there's gonna be. You see what I'm saying? Al Gore beat Bush in the popular election. I found a couple of votes in my backyard the other day. Why do we even have the electoral college still? Now you're gonna see what real change is like. Who's leading in the polls now? Where'd you hear that? Fox News? This is all Bush's fault. Reagan was the best president of all time. If I could vote for Bill Clinton again, I would. We're screwed. This is our new segment where we talk to a real-life Republican. Why? Because Republicans are different than us and we think it's hilarious. 
This actually isn't a new segment. It's an old segment that we just renamed. It used to be called <laughs> Julie's on her period and wants to yell at someone, but everything changed on November 3rd. She does still get her period. Actually, nothing changed and nothing will. But it's much easier to pretend to be open-minded now that we have a little bit of power back. And if we win the two Georgia Senate seats in January, Democrats are going to become the most obnoxiously fake, open-minded people on the planet. But until then, Republicans are still the most obnoxious people. And goddamn, are they obnoxious. A steady diet of Fox News and Facebook have turned half this country into a bunch of raving, ignorant, white nationalist assholes. And they're not even all white. Which is why eight former Republican operatives got together and founded the Lincoln Project, a political action committee dedicated to defeating Donald Trump and ending Trumpism. You know the Lincoln Project. They're the ones who made all those crazy, over-the-top, Ryan Murphy-esque attack ads that were all over social media. If you're not on social media, Mom, I'm talking to you, immediately Google the Lincoln Project best ads and get ready to laugh. These motherfuckers are shady queens, and the ads are beyond savage. They are shady queens. <laughs> and out of the eight founders, the shadiest, a.k.a. the funniest by far, is Rick Wilson. Rick Wilson is a Republican strategist and commentator who you've seen a million times on MSNBC, CNN, and Bill Maher. The man devours Trump and everyone in his rotted administration on the regular, and he does it with ease. If it doesn't work out with the Lincoln Project, he should consider going on RuPaul's Drag Race because, grr, Trick Wilson could read those queens <laughs> to filth. Seriously. Now, I consider myself an aficionado of cunty repartee, mm -hmm. and this man is one of the best fucking period <laughs> which is why i shit 1000 bricks when he agreed to come on our stupid ass podcast <laughs> and tell our 14 listeners about how hilariously gross republicans are <laughs> so without further fucking ado we are super excited to finally talk to rick wilson hey rick i am shocked and offended by the <laughs> vile language i've heard so far did we I, trigger you I, I i feel i feel as if i need a safe space in which to <laughs> silently Hold my waifu pillow for a while and be <laughs> quietly. Uh, hey guys. Hi. <laughs> so, you guys formed the Lincoln Project to get Trump out. So, mm -hmm. of course, the hot question everyone's on everyone's mind is now that he's out, what's your mission moving forward? Well, you know, when we established the Lincoln Project in December of 19, we wrote an editorial for the New York Times and it said, we're going to go after Trump and Trumpism and his enablers. So we've killed the big zombie, let's say. <laughs> but there are a lot more zombies wandering the countryside. And if we don't go after them, those little fuckers are going to keep biting people and spreading this nationalist populism and this racially inflected authoritarianism and, and all of the things that made up Trumpism. They'll be out there still, but... You know, guys like Tom Cotton and Josh Hawley and Marco Rubio and Ted Cruz, they'll try to run them through the car wash and buff out the shittiness of Trump and say, yeah, these ideas are really good. It's just Trump was a flawed messenger. Well, our response to that is go fuck yourselves in the <laughs> language of my native Tampa, Florida. Um, and so we're going to continue to go after those folks for a while now. And we also believe that, you know, as for the remainder of this year, that the Georgia races are enormously important because if if you look at these at, at John Ossoff and, and, and Reverend Warnock, they're not running against David Perdue and Kelly Loeffler. David Perdue and Kelly Loeffler are like a bucket of melted ice cream. <laughs> they, they mean nothing and they're sort of sticky and they're and they're could be grotesque when the sun comes out. 
But they're running <laughs> against Mitch McConnell. Yes. Right. Right. Okay. And and Mitch McConnell is is the guy on the ballot for real. And so if you have Mitch McConnell with control of the Senate, he's going to train wreck Joe Biden from the first day. He's going to go after him and prevent COVID relief. He's going to prevent pre-existing condition protections. He's going to prevent economic relief that we desperately need. He's going to prevent police reform, which we desperately need. So the whole bag of fuck you that Mitch McConnell has in store depends on this Georgia race. And the most delicious outcome in a lot of ways is if we win both those seats. And look, it's going to be a hard race. I'm not going to I'm not going to bullshit you. These are hard seats in a red state. Georgia pulled it off for Biden this year. It is not a blue state. Please, everybody remember that. Atlanta, blue part, rest of the state, not so much. <laughs> but if we pull those off, Kamala Harris is Mitch McConnell's boss, and he is oh. thus her bitch. <laughs> She's the tie-breaking vote on a million things. and Don't get our wops going, Rick. <laughs> I <and> mean... <laughs> I will say this. <laughs> Hell, even my WAP gets going on that one. I mean, doesn't it? Doesn't that, isn't that exciting, though? <laughs> Rick, Rick, uh, the thought of Kamala Harris topping him, mm-hmm. describe the feeling it gives you. You know, I hesitate to ever say that I think of the words erection and Mitch McConnell in the same <laughs> sentence. But if I may quote the for Frieger from the show Archer. Yes, please I do. get so erect. Right? That's yeah. the, it's, it's beyond, it's beyond. Okay, so we're gonna, we're gonna get to what the Lincoln Project is doing in terms of Georgia, but in terms of Trumpism, what can really be done without getting Fox News on board? They're the cancer that's brainwashing the country without taking over their content. How do you really stop this train that's just like well, look, off that, and that's running a, that's a front that a lot of groups uh, ours included are really looking at for the future because look we don't look at this yes we looked at this as an electoral fight every cycle but there is also a longer strategic arc you have to travel here you cannot continue with an isolated hermetically sealed bubble of bullshit <laughs> generated by fox where people who are let's just generically describe them 65 plus likely voters sitting in their homes watching nine or ten hours of this shit every goddamn day and seeing the same messages echoed again on their Facebook groups. And I can't tell you the number of times we've sat in a focus group in the last five years and someone says, I believe X or Y ludicrous thing Donald Trump said. Well, it's not true. Yes, it is. No, it's not. I saw it on Facebook. Where did you see it on Facebook? Oh, well, Patriotic Patriots for Palin Eagle Forum $9,000 you. <laughs> Wow. I feel like we've gotten messages from them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure you have. Um, in fact, I, I got one. I got a long email today. I think probably I, I mean, it was like a Proustian level email of Fuku. <laughs> and the guy went on for like, I, I didn't do a word count on it. But I was like, OK, after the fifth or sixth page, you're just like enough, bro. Yeah. But it was, you know, you will soon be in Gitmo. There's a tribunal that QAnon told us is going to happen. <laughs> oh, nice. how, how, what is it? What is George Soros's taint taste like? Blah, oh blah, blah, blah. You're just like, like money. What the fuck? <laughs> well, yeah. what the fuck is wrong with you people? I mean, well, honestly. But speaking of, we saw you on C-SPAN uh. and we, we're going to we want to know if you're going to, you know, 
stay gone from the Republican Party, but the level of fucking creatures that came out oh, on the those trolls. Live, the live calls to you. <laughs> yeah, the calls. Hold, hold on, there's a call right now for you. Hold on. Hello, Rock. Hi. I'm from Ohio. My name is Martha. I'm a real Republican. You're not a real Republican. I like to farm and I make my own cheese and I don't understand what farming and I don't know. FDA, call me. What? They were so aggressive. Aggressive. Like, Ignorant irrational. and irrational, illogical. Were you surprised by this Fox News jizz army or, or when they start coming at you? Or, or did you know that this was what's up? Because we we were even shocked just by seeing the C-SPAN. Yeah, when people are-, are A woman called from 4 at 4 a.m. from California. <laughs> to accuse you of not being a real Republican. And it's just like, what are they, what are they, what are they, what are they, what? Well, here's the thing. Uh, actually, I'm not a Republican anymore. Oh, it, right. I, I'm a registered independent now. Right, right. And I, I only waited until after the Florida primary so I could vote against the fucker twice. Yeah. But, but will you be going back? The, do you think? No. <laughs> the <laughs> hell? Listen, the Republican Party now is Donald Trump's personal, they're, they're Trump stands. They don't care about anything ideologically or philosophically or, or in any way whatsoever. And look, the fractures were coming for a long time in the party, okay? My first job in politics, I worked for George Herbert Walker Bush, Bush the Elder, mm. uh, Florida, did, did field work in Florida for him and then was in the administration um, as a junior guy. It feels like a thousand years ago mm. because if any of us had done any of the things that any Trump campaign or, or any Trump administration member does any day of the week, they would have fired us and prosecuted us. It's insanity. You know, when I worked for when I worked for forty one, when David Duke ran for governor of Louisiana, oh, yeah. <laughs> guys like me were sent to Louisiana to work for the Democrat. Wow. Because oh, the president said, No fucking way is that guy gonna be in my party. Wow. And I can't. I, I don't know that. I don't know that that forty one actually said the word fucking, <laughs> but I I can imagine it. Yeah. No fucking way. Yeah. You boys get down there, kick his ass. I like to we, imagine that. That yeah. sounds good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he but, seems um, like he could be spicy at times. Yeah. I, I, yeah. He had a stern side to him. Stern. He, he had a, he had a no fucking around side to him. Yeah. But anyway, but but now remember, it took Donald Trump two weeks in the sixteen campaign to say. I denounced David Duke. Okay. I thought he liked me. Maybe he did. I don't know. I don't really know him very well at all, except the sauna. The sauna but. and the glory hole. <laughs> he doesn't know anyone, apparently. Uh, he know he doesn't he knows no one. He doesn't know anyone well. Right. He never he knows, knows anyone. Yeah. He knows no Crowd one. Boys, I don't I don't know them. No. Nope. I, I don't I are nope. they the ones with the little leather, like, <laughs> lederhosen? Because I like mm -hmm. those a little. I can't say it. Alanya, where's the lederhosen? That's not the Proud Boys. That's not the QAnon. He doesn't know Michael Flynn. Apparently, he anybody doesn't know Michael Flynn. For him is like, anybody who worked for him and gets, gets in trouble, uh, I barely knew him. He was a volunteer. <laughs> exactly. He's a coffee boy for a few days. Okay. What would have to happen for you to say, fuck it, and just become full Democrat? I mean, because it's pretty gross out there right now, but do you have an endpoint where it's just like throw up your hands or could it never be? Well, look, uh, here's the thing. What party I vote for at the end of the day is less relevant than the fact that there are 70 million assholes out there That's... who will never, ever open their minds, eyes, hearts, etc. And 
I voted for Biden and Harris this year. First time I'd ever voted for Democrat for president my whole life. Wow. Since, since, since 1984, right? Wow. That's and, awesome. Wow. Yeah. And it, 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 I didn't, I didn't fall over and get hives. I didn't, you know, experience any sort of shortness of breath or anything, <laughs> but you know, it seems to me that you are as a logical, rational, open person, you didn't hold your nose and do it. You went in wholeheartedly to do it as if it was, you know, a lot of people are like, I have to hold my nose and I'm going to, yeah. You know why? Because that's, because that's one of those tribal expressions. That's really a cover for moral cowardice. In 2016, I can't tell you the number of my Republican friends who are, who at least behaved as if they were principled conservatives. And I don't mean I don't mean the evangelicals. They were no, I was never part of that tribe. Believe me, and when you're a Bush person, the evangelicals are always like, "No, they're the wrong sort. They, <laughs> they're the spawn of Satan." Um, a lot of my friends in 16 said, "But it's Hillary. Mm-hmm. How can I vote for Hillary Clinton?" Blah 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 blah. And what it really was, was chicken shit moral cowardice. They didn't want to be out of the tribe. They didn't want to be out of the, they, they wanted to stay around the campfire. They didn't want to be seen as outcasts or traitors or blah, blah, blah. Well, you know what? At some point, they knew who he was. At some point in 16. Let me tell you, it was pretty early in 16. It wasn't, it wasn't even 16. It was 15. When did they if not you, know who he was? When did anyone not know you, who he yeah, was? If you didn't get it by the time he mocked John McCain Ugh. for being captured and tortured by the North Vietnamese for five years, fuck off. If you didn't know it when he mocked a disabled reporter, fuck off. If you didn't know it when he said things like, look at my black person, yeah, fuck right. off. They knew. They knew all yeah. along, which is one of the reasons why there's so much agita and hate on the right for the Lincoln Project. Mm. It's not because they hate us because we're going after Trump. It's that they're jealous of the freedom we took back for ourselves from this narrow casting, tribal loyalty, Uber Alice bullshit. Yeah, yeah. I fully agree with that. Yeah, I think you're 100% right. Speaking of those douchebags, <laughs> so there's a million disgusting, worthless Republicans in Congress right now, including, but not limited to, <laughs> Ted Cruz, Marco Rubio, Devin Nunes, Matt Gates, Doug Collins, and Jim Jordan. Did you like any of these assholes before they became Trump's tampons? <laughs> I liked Marco when he was running as a reformer in Florida, because the guy that ran for, for U.S. Senate uh, 10 years ago in Florida was a thousand times the polar opposite of what you see today Mm. okay um he had he had stones he did the right thing it wasn't all partisan it was about it was a lot about people a lot about reform now it's like mr trump would you like the extra wax on the bumper (laughs) you know i've always hated ted cruz just just basically for the dawn of forever (laughs) Um, ted cruz is a dumb smart guy okay Mm. there are plenty of people who are very educated and yet are dumber than a bag of hair and, <laughs> and and Ted Cruz has always been that guy he's just he's he's got a Princeton education and a first-class mind with the judgment of a guy who drinks sterno out of a rag <laughs> behind the bus station you're just like what the fuck is wrong with you man is it his um, is it that he's super religious I read it with I read uh, that he he's, he's like not. thinks God put it it's not so that's all bullshit. Really, that's all bullshit. Okay. It's his dad believes that, and he likes to keep his dad happy. Okay. Um, 
But, I mean, you look at the guy during the 16 debates, and for weeks he was saying things like, Mr. Trump is brash. He's a part of this party. He's zesty. He's fiery. Zesty. And then the guy comes out and says, hey, your wife's ugly and your dad killed JFK. Mm. And I, I told him at the time, I said, you know what the proper response to that was? Walk over and smack that motherfucker <laughs> in the mouth. Because if you said my wife is ugly and my dad killed JFK, mm. you're going to eat through a fucking straw for a month. But Absolutely. these guys all, every one of them, made a fundamental mistake. Their mistake was, hey, my joke writer wrote me a clever one-liner to go against Trump. I'm going to zing him. <sighs> no, that is not what you do with Donald Trump. As a survival mechanism, once you were at war with him, and believe me, I know this from personal, direct, intimate experience, once you go to war with this guy, you can never stop. Mm. Uh, you can never care. stop. Once you start hitting him, you have to keep doing it or <laughs> he will come after you and his yeah. people will come after you right. and the fuckery will never end. And so, you know, I've been beating him with a tire iron for five years now, <laughs> two books, God knows how many goddamn articles, uh, probably three years of interviews of my life and number of hours I've spent on television talking about him. And it is exhausting, mm, yeah. but it has been worth it to drive a narrative to not let him get away with setting all the agenda items to not let him get away with saying I'm gonna say X I'm gonna tweet Y and everybody will talk only about that and they will say oh Mr. Trump is playing 74 dimensional chess no <laughs> Mr. Trump is shoving chess pieces up his nostrils and anus <laughs> and and acting like he's invented a brand new game this is not a bright guy but he's evil and 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 he's persistent and so, yeah. as I said, if you don't if you don't fuck back when he fucks you, he wins. You what you're saying is so resonant with us. We constantly discuss how the Democrats don't fight hard enough against Trump. Liberals, however, whatever you want to say, liberals, progressives, whatever, whatever, left, blah, 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 the liberal left, meow, 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 meow. What is the advice that you could give regarding fighting, regarding fighting Trump and what is now the Trump slash Republican Party? For the Democrats, a Democrat, is I guess. Is there a and, Rick Wilson cunty genius equivalent in yeah. strategizing for the for the Democratic Party? Yeah. Or no. No. Yeah, that's unfortunate. I don't think so. It's going to be a. I'll, I'll, I'll tell we'll you, I'll tell you one, of the, one of the secrets <laughs> of dealing with, with Republicans and with fighting. Do not ever presume you can shame a member of my ex tribe. Democrats always think they can shame people and cancel people yep. and say, well, in 2004, you said, <laughs> and they, they go into these like moral dudgeons and it happens to me still both, you know, the Bernie bros. I'm not the favorite of the Bernie bros. They don't love me. Yeah. What about this tweet you had from 2009? I'm like, what about fucking yourself? <laughs> I mean, are you focused on the election or are you are you jerking off on my on the on the Twitter archive <laughs> anger anger drug? Because does that and I asked one of these guys, some blue check Bernie guy a couple months ago, he's like, This and this and this. You said these horrible things. I'm like, all right. It's September. Tie ball game. Are you working every day? 17, 18, 20 hours a day? to defeat this guy? Or are you digging through my tweets from 10 years ago? Because <laughs> well, you know what right. I'm doing? I'm working every day to defeat this guy. What are you doing? You're digging through my tweets from 10 years ago. And uh, uh, so focus on 
the extant battle is the number one thing. Don't try to go back in the time machine and shame everybody's stupid quotes from whenever because everybody left and right, Republican and Democrat, says stupid shit, tweets stupid shit. And that this idea that you're going to that you're going to take somebody like Trump off his game by by saying you're not morally consistent or you said something dumb. Of course he did. He doesn't care. And and you, you can't say to Mitch McConnell, by the way, you once voted for blah, blah, blah. He doesn't care. Mm-mm. Yeah. Learn to fight the battle that's actually happening around you and not the one that's in your head. Yeah. Yeah. And wouldn't, um, and that's definitely how we, with Matt, Matt Gates and Jim Jordan and all these guys, they all seem to be masters at it. To be masters yeah. at not giving a fuck. And they, and they also don't, that not only do they not, they can't be shamed. Democrats need to learn to not be shamed. Nancy Pelosi's like picking that's right. it up. That's right. Now I feel like that's true. she's not going to yeah. apologize because she didn't put the, the stimulus bill through and she's right. going to wait till after the election. Like, stop fucking apologizing. Go, yeah, they're playing right. dirty. We're playing dirty. This is what yeah. we're doing. Right. Go cry yeah. about it. Go sit in a corner. Right. Yep. Right. Look, politics is a, is a elbows out rough sport. You cannot wake up in the morning and go, oh, I can't do this. My feelings will be hurt again. Someone, <laughs> someone on Twitter might say something bad about me. Oh, I must fetch, I must fetch my fainting couch and have my bad servant bring the smelling salt. I may swoon at the thought of a critical tweet. If you could snap your fingers and, and the Lincoln Project could snap its fingers and make the Republican Party what you want, what would it look like? And, and would it be like what it used to be? No. Um, I'll tell you what. I mean, I'm, this is the broadest, like, 30,000-foot strokes. <laughs> it would be a party focused on individual liberty um, so, that, so that individuals' rights under the Constitution are broadly and effectively protected from the power of the state. Uh, and by the way, one of my, just a quick aside, one of my big critiques of Trumpism is that Trumpism isn't conservatism in any measurable way. It's authoritarian statism. Mm-hmm. This is a guy who is much more similar to a Pinochet or a Noriega or a Kim Jong-un or a Duterte or a Castro than he is to any Republican or Democratic president ever in history. So, so broadly, it would be something that would, would revere individual liberty. It would be a party of free and, 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 and fair markets, not the crony capitalism that my party adopted over the last 15 years. And I will be perfectly candid. I made a good amount of money advocating for corporate crony capitalism over the years. Loves it. Loves we it. love money <laughs> over here. We love yeah. uh, 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 um, of it. But 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 it is not free market capitalism. Mm. It is not even capitalism. It is it is the regulatory and political capture of 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 government in order to enrich individuals and corporations. Mm. I mean, a buddy of mine wrote the 2017 tax bill or part of it, and I called him. He's in McConnell's office, and I called him up and I said, "Hey, is there any like middle class lift in this thing?" And he's like, get the fuck out of here. What are you talking about? <laughs> he goes, wow. I work for 150 hedge funds and 90 high net worth individuals. And by mm. high net worth individuals, he means like being in a billion dollar club is not enough to him to, for him to work for you. Oh, my God. And the, and the okay. 70 million and, and yet the 70 million people who vote for Trump think that who are less, you know, probably make less than $100,000 a year. Let's say half of that. Yeah. Are thinking that what's going on is good for them. That Biden tax cut for four hundred thousand above—it's going to destroy me. <laughs> I don't know, man. 
I might have to wait till my next disability check comes in to send in a <laughs> I mean, that was donation like a, of Patriotic uh, Patriots for Palin. That was like the people who called you. They literally. literally. Oh, yeah. literally. oh, no. Socialism is evil, Rick. Socialism <laughs> is evil. Now, hold on a second. Unemployment's on the phone. Hold on one minute. <laughs> Fuck socialism! Fucking gays. Anyway. Before we I, let you go, because we've had you, and we appreciate your patience, first tell us really quick what the Lincoln Project is doing for Georgia. Sure. Uh, we are going into Georgia um, on three different fronts. First off, we're going to be doing our usual advocacy advertising um, for uh, Ossoff and Warnock. Um, we are going to be framing the race in the stuff you always see, the social media side, the, 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 the digital um, activism side, uh, as a choice not between Kelly Loeffler and Reverend Warnock or John Ossoff and, and David Perdue, but the guy who's really on the ballot, it's Mitch McConnell. Mm -hmm. So we'll be talking a lot about how Mitch McConnell is the is the candidate on the ballot in that state. Yeah. And um, we're going to be doing a lot of organizing in the in the African-American community, as we did. We've actually got a, a great capability for that that we built up um, in Philadelphia and in Atlanta uh, during the presidential election. Uh, we invested very heavily in Metro Philadelphia with African-American pastors and if you want to talk about, you know, a strange, bunch of strange bedfellows, uh, a bunch of white ex-Republicans um, going and dealing with the with with folks that are going to turn out, you know, do do the the the, the souls to the polls operations. But it was unbelievably satisfying work, and they did a amazing, amazing job. And we were we've got some preliminary numbers, but we rolled up about. Uh, 35% more African-American voters in Metro Philly than Hillary Clinton did. Wow. And that's the ball game. So you guys are going to try and mimic that in, in Atlanta. We are, yeah, because Georgia actually, because of Atlanta's demographic composition and because of um, because of the compactness of the media market in Georgia, about 65% of the people in Georgia live in a 50-mile radius of Atlanta now. Wow. It's an argument. It's a market we, know, we really know how to get to. Oh. Uh, really know how to how to advertise and, and communicate there, and we're going to go after the people that we went after in the in the 2020 election. We're going to go after educated women. We're going to go after independent leaning men. We're going to go after African Americans. We're going to go after a slightly younger demo of professional men and women, and um, we're going to try to roll up some numbers. Again, it's a tough race in a tough state. In a tough in a in a in a tough month. It's not even a, you know, a lot of people will sh will turn out for for a presidential election. This isn't even right, as exciting is, as a midterms. It's right, just, this is a very low turnout race, yeah. and it is a pure turnout race. Even with the MAGAs in their reality bubble, by the time the election day rolls around, they're going to have figured it out that Donald Trump is not going to be putting his hand on the Bible on that podium. Mm. <laughs> and okay? then what will that mean? That question is whether they're motivated then by Mitch McConnell, that charismatic, burning, slow-eyed <laughs> yeah. hunk of a man. <laughs> Or, or if, mm. or if Trumpism, if the fire goes out of Trumpism a little bit once he's off the stage, mm. so it's a fascinating moment, and uh, we shall see how it comes out. But we're going to be in the fight and uh, making trouble, are making you, noise. Are you going to put the juicy attack ads on TV in Georgia? Or are they mainly going to be social media? Well, in Georgia, in this case, we're going to be running cable. So imagine Atlanta is a clock, from about ten o'clock to about four o'clock is white affluent suburb the rest of the clock is affluent and less affluent african-american and metro atlanta itself which is fairly affluent 
uh, and heavily African-American. So we're going to have cable differentiating with different media messages in those markets. There will still be digital. And part of what we did with the Lincoln Project was an iceberg. 10% of the icebergs above the water. Those were the flashy, like, fuck with the president viral video yeah. ads. What you didn't see were hundreds of other ads we made in the States mm. talking yeah. about, hey, here you are in Maricopa County, Arizona, and COVID has killed bang number of people in your zip code. And those were on Make TV? Because sure. we definitely those were, didn't Those know. were digital. Those, well, you're, not, you're, you're really not meant to. Those were on digital and cable all over the country mm. in, in, our, in our targeted counties and targeted states. So that's great. Before uh, you go, tell our 14 listeners where they control you. You control me on the Twitter machine at the Rick Wilson. That's all one word. The Rick Wilson. No underscores, no dashes, no nothing. Uh, you can also catch me on uh, LPTV, our streaming channel twice a week. Um, and on my on my soon to be award winning podcast, The New Abnormal <laughs> with Molly Jung Fast on uh, available everywhere fine podcasts are sold. Oh, yes. Awesome. Absolutely. Thank Ex you so much. <laughs> yeah, thank you All so right. much. All right, thank Bye. you. Do it again. Now it's time for So There's That. All right, so this is the part of the show where Julie has to find a so there's that moment that's happening because of or in spite of our piece of shit president, the diarrhea toilet Republicans, and the corona crazy culture war that Fox News and Facebook are responsible for. She hates doing it, and even though we supposedly won the election and just got Kamala Harris in the White House, and she's the so there's that for the next motherfucking decade, <laughs> it's going to be a long and grinding two months waiting for Trump to actually leave. So... We still need Meow Meow to find the small rays of light shining through each pile of poo destruction the Republicans <laughs> leave in their wake. Mm. So tell us, Meow Meow, what is your so there's that for this second historical week? Oh, okay. Well, sticking with my animal theme, which you know I love to always come back to, um, <laughs> this week was pretty easy. Not since JoJo and Kiki won the presidency has this segment been in. You mean a week ago? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Not since JoJo and Kiki won the presidency a week ago has this segment been in any capacity easy or in any way fun to do. <laughs> it's basically been the equivalent of going to the dentist, having to wait for the doctor to see you, and when he does, he has bad breath, and you have bad breath, and you're in a room of bad breath, and all of your teeth turn to cavities, and then you get veneers, and then you have dry mouth forever, and your lips stick to your teeth, and your mouth turns into Trump's mouth, and then you die. <laughs> or something such as. But this week was different. And, you know, it really has had me in my feelings and looking inward. You know, a lot of times people judge people on whether or not they have kids or a family or are alone and can't seem to grow up. And even though they're at an age where they should really not be living like a reclusive art student, they are. <laughs> Maybe they haven't made it and most likely will die alone in a field. But sometimes we judge people if they don't have any pets. Haven't you met someone and, and they're like, I've never even had a pet. And you're like, what the fuck is the matter with you? <laughs> now, I am all of these people, I realized. I am judge, I am jury, I am the judged, and I'm the convicted. 
if someone is of a certain age and doesn't have kids or a family to speak of or even a partner, I think, oh, sad. And I continue plucking the hairs out of my face. <laughs> and smoking. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and looking in the mirror at the person I'm saying, oh, sad about. And then I meet people who have never had a pet and I think, what is the matter with them? And then there's Trump. The irony here is that on paper, Trump is normal. He has kids, a wife, ex-wives, a job, a family, and yet doesn't have any pets. And apparently when he was married to Ivana, who had like little rich dogs, she said about him in her book that Donald wasn't, Donald wasn't a dog person, meaning he isn't a pet or animal person at all. Shocking. Of course. Okay. Like, wow. Think about it. Just think about this. We haven't seen a dog in the White House at all in the last four years. We have not seen a dog or a pet, anything in the fucking White House. We haven't even seen Baron. We haven't seen even anything just like little and cute. Exactly. And Baron's 14 feet tall anyway, so he wouldn't count. Uh, That's right. Now, all of this swirled around in my head, and it really put me, myself, him, the world, and the Bidens into perspective. When you think about for the last four years, we haven't even seen a sign of affection We haven't seen love, vulnerability, compassion for one second coming out of this White House. And ironically, even if it's fake or just visual, something that we can look at that translates immediately to people that we think is like love or affection are pets or kids. But when affection between people like listen, say what you will about Nancy and Ronald, but at least you got the feeling they were in love. They were in (laughs) love and it showed. But when the kids even turn out to be ruthless hogs like their dad, (laughs) you're left looking for pets. And there have been none to be seen for a million miles. Not even from any of the Trump kids. Just hanging on their walls. The only animals that were in the Trump orbit were murdered mercilessly by Don and Eric, who no matter how many animals they kill, could not make their dicks any bigger Mm -mm. or their father loved them dogs cats turtles anything there's nothing with the trumps their lack of care and love for anything but money has been apparent and stunning for the last four years and was never magnified more at least to me by the fact that this week you couldn't go online and type in joe biden and not see a picture of his new rescue dog major and his other dog champ okay the bidens are bringing dogs back to the White House. Dogs equal affection, loyalty, love, compassion, caring, annoying, thirst bucketry. Fine. <laughs> Codependency. Codependency. Always staring. Um, and morphizing. Me, blah, blah, blah. Hair on you. Allergies. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Which is all just love. <laughs> right. Biden is the exact opposite of Trump. And yet again, this is where well, this is why we can't judge. We can't judge. You just got to keep everything in perspective. Because again, huge family, but pets. Trump, huge family, no pets. And yet still not one member of that family could convey any other feeling than greed to save their lives. I am so excited to see dogs back in the White House. Pets denote a soft spot in a person. They show a level of caring for something less powerful than yourself. But also that could be turned and weaponized. And if it isn't loved and loving, that's a reflection on you. Vladimir Putin has dogs. Okay. Now I believe he would cut a dog's head off and send it to you in the mail just as soon look at you. And he literally sends puppies to foreign leaders as a gift, which shows his sociopathy. But the fact that he even knows just for picture's sake, it looks good to be seen rolling on the ground, laughing and kissing dogs shows just how trivial, shallow and absolutely devoid of human understanding the Trumps are. The Bidens now have two German shepherds, Champ and Major. 
Champ is 12, and he got to be the VP's dog in the White House, and now he's going back as the president's dog, Biatch. History. 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 That's history right there. That has never happened. His new brother, Major, will be experiencing the White House for the first time. They are both rescue dogs, and I think it's... I think only one's a rescue dog. Are they oh, both? I thought they were both, but maybe not. That's fine. I thought only Major was, and I love him. Like, of course they had to get... You, Democrats would not allow. They're like, if we don't get to have a sanctimonious lake to stand <laughs> on about rescuing animals, All right. there's got to be a message here and a way to be smug and put people down and shame people. And they're like, okay, we'll get the rescue dog. Jesus. And you know what? As far as I'm concerned, any animal you get and you give a home is being saved. So I just think it's so perfect that after four years of a family that basically murders animals for fun and has no authentic love for each other, has not provided leadership or mentorship to people and has only shown what a self-serving monarchy can become and how devoid people can be when their only outlet to animals is hunting them. The Bidens are going to reignite the lost fires of affection in this country for a lot of people, leading by example and by just being themselves. I like to imagine Champ and Major finding Trump's pajamas and peeing on them and, <laughs> and taking huge German shepherd shits in his dentures drawer. Oh, I wish Trump would have to sit with Biden as the new president with Champ and Major in the room, low key growling and Trump trying not to shit his pants. I, for one, already feel more at ease, more comfortable, safer. And I just have a deep-seated relief knowing there's going to be dogs who you can clearly see are deeply loved, and those dogs love them back. Just Google the Bidens, Major, and Champ and try not to feel happy and excited for the near future. So there's that. So that's it for this episode of Dumb Gay Pandemic Politics. Thank you guys for listening. We love you all so much. And we are so grateful for all 14 of you, especially now. Please consider joining our Patreon podcast if you haven't yet. It's $1 for one podcast a week and $2 for two podcasts a week. They're both an hour and they can definitely be hit or miss as far as content, especially here lately. Wow. <laughs> but there's no ads, no politics, and best of all, no pressure to join the Patreon. Listen, as life gets crazy and messy, so do our Patreons. We're so <laughs> unstable right now and you never know what you're going to end up being forced to listen to for an hour. But hey. You might find it soothing to listen to something with no structure or consistency. Or if nothing else, you'll be distracted from your own life thinking how manic and annoying and insufferable and tone deaf we are. <laughs> exactly. And right now it's important that we all spend part of every day plugged in and paying attention and contributing to the fight for racial equality in whatever way that means for you. But it's also important to set aside a little time to disconnect and do something harmless and mindless. And there's nothing more mindless than our Patreon podcast. So if you want to try it out, just go to patreon.com slash dumbgaypolitics and scroll down to the episode from September 2019, which is unlocked and free for you to listen to. Also, real quick, if you listen on <laughs> Apple Podcasts, please, please, please leave us a review if you haven't yet. We like it to look like we have more than 14 listeners when we're trying to book guests. 
You should know getting people in politics to do comedy podcasts is way harder than getting housewives or actors. Not everyone is like Rick Wilson, okay? <laughs> Literally, all you have to do is press the star button. You don't even have to write anything. But if you do write something, we'll probably read it right here on the podcast. Yes, like this one from Kelly CK888, who said, Listen and subscribe. Love this podcast and love them. And also, this one from Mrs. G, who said, Hells yeah, Jojo and Kiki. Thank you for keeping me sane. Love you, meow meows. <laughs> and those two reviews, meow meow, are in fact our only two new <laughs> reviews since reading this exact same spiel last week. <laughs> so now we have 1,702. Wow. But that's good. We want to get to at least 2,000 reviews and 2,000 patrons. So please help us, you guys. And if you don't listen on Apple Podcasts, good for you. We despise those star-fucking, tax-avoiding, <laughs> sweatshop-loving douchebags. And as always, it's been real, and it's been fun. And mostly, it's been gay, and it's been dumb. And oh. Rick Wilson. Rick. Rick. <laughs> Rick. Oh, let me rock. Thank you for Rick. coming on, Rick. Rick, thank you for coming on the show. <laughs> How'd you do, I? See, you've met my faithful hand in hand he's just a little brought down because when you knocked he thought you were the candy man don't get strung up by the way i look don't judge a book by its cover i'm not much of a man by the light of day but by night i'm one hell of a lover I'm just a sweet transvestite From transsexual Transylvania <laughs> Let me show you a rhyme And maybe play you a sign You look like you're both pretty groovy Or if you want something visual That's not too abysmal we could take in an old Steve Reeves movie. I'm glad we caught you at home. Could we use your phone? We're both in a bit of a hurry. Right. We'll just say where we are, then go back to the car. We don't want to be any worry. Well, you got caught with a flat wheel. How about that? Well, babies, don't you panic. By the light of the night, it'll all seem all right. I'll get you a satanic mechanic. I'm just a sweet transvestite. From transsexual Transylvania. <laughs> Why don't you stay for the night? Night. Or maybe a bite. Night. I could show you my favorite obsession. I've been making a man with blonde hair and a tan. And he's good for relieving my tension. I'm just a sweet transvestite from transsexual Transylvania. Hey, hey, I'm just a sweet transvestite. Transsexual Transylvania
So, come up to the lab and see what's on the slab. I see you shiver with anticipation. But maybe the rain is really to blame. So I'll remove the cause. <laughs> But not the symptom. 